0: Hi, welcome to Learning and Development 101. I'm your host, Joe. And today we are going to have a look at material, more so around creating material, different styles. So looking back at our last few episodes where we looked at the systems approach to training, uh, we're gonna be looking uh, more so uh, around steps uh, six and five. So five and six are gonna be the, the kind of creation side, so how we're gonna deliver that, and then step nine on the actual delivery side of it, okay? So, material. How do we go around creating it? Well, there's a number of ways, and this comes down to your stakeholder, okay? Um, For those of you who are new to the learning development game, uh, that would be, you know, your manager's direction, or if you've been in, in the game for a little while, or just perhaps you want to make a better impression input from the stakeholder now i'll use uh, some examples throughout this so for for my first example if you were to use a uh, complaints uh, module for a piece of delivery uh, or a piece of training coming from the stakeholder directly you want to find out know what they want and you know how they want it delivered. Now if they are happy for like a face to face um, or they want it to be done one-on-one or in a group setting um, you kind of have to convince the stakeholder on other ways if you think they're better. So the first real way to deliver any training and this is I wouldn't say the bread and butter of L&D but it is the most old school and that would be PowerPoint presentation. That's not saying PowerPoint is a bad thing. If anything, it can be um, very useful in its delivery and it can be very much to the point. What we tend to do as uh, trainers or those delivering something is we overload people with PowerPoint. It's usually, you know, 400 slides of information that isn't 100% relevant, but we're trying to capture all the bases in one just so that we can, you know, say we've done our job. That's not what we want. A good PowerPoint slide. And I say slide because you you want to break it down. A Good PowerPoint slide should have minimal information and be used as a placeholder only. Now, if you were to integrate video into that, that's another another topic. But if it is strictly PowerPoint and you, as the trainer, are delivering in a face-to-face manner or even over Skype or whatever video cast system that you have, uh, Zoom is the latest one, um, a holding slide is all you need because the delivery comes from you, the trainer. You are there to capture people's minds and imaginations. It doesn't have to be fancy. Okay, you don't need hundreds of animations, you know, words flying in from left and right, disappearing and reappearing. As a as a a little one-off gimmick, okay, it's nice to break it up. But if you are constantly doing it, it just kills the presentation. It kills what you are trying to say, especially if you put sound in. Because sound is a very big distraction you could be talking about something very important and then midway through what you're trying to discuss if you have something coming in that makes a loud noise those who are attending seem to have instantly forgotten what you've just talked about because they're either startled by the noise or they're completely distracted by the noise and it takes them a few minutes to get back into you know the swing of what you're talking about by which time they've forgotten what you've just said after the noise and have to try and catch up now if you feel that your material is very dry and you've got to jazz it up a little bit then you know a little bit of noise every now and then just to bring attention back into the room is is a good way to go so that's the powerpoint you know and you know when we talk about delivery of the powerpoint colors play a big part as well um in fact one of the the most prominent color schemes um there's very catching is blue and yellow but it's very garish and very harsh overall Um, light pastel colors are probably your better ones to go for with um, solid bold text Um, draws the focus but again you know it's just a holding slide video on the other hand is something that is entirely different okay now, when we say video, I'm not talking about e-learning. I'm talking about recording of your screen, perhaps. So you're demonstrating something very technical, um, like how to set up a payment um, for a customer, or how to access a program or, and functions within that program, maybe an LMS, so learning management system, for example. Recording that video and having a voiceover is great. It's very clear, but it comes down to you, the voiceover artist, to be very clear. And I use the word artist um, specifically because there is a small art form to it. If you just go monotone and keep your pitch at the same sort of level, no one is really interested in what you're saying, it's all click here, click here, OK, put information here. So you, the artist, have to be able to provide some change in tone and pitch to make it more interesting. If it's not interesting, the person switches off. Yes, they've watched the video, but they don't retain any of that information. Now, it has to be clean. And when I say clean, I mean you click with purpose. You can't be scrolling all around the screen, trying to find what you need to find to demonstrate what you're trying to demonstrate. You should be able to go to where you need to go in the fewest amount of clicks possible, the fewest amount of scroll time or video time. If your video is gonna turn out to be you know, 10, 15 minutes, is there any way you can break it down? You know, three five-minute videos are easier to digest than one 15-minute video. Or even better, 15 one-minute videos. The more you can break it down, the easier it is for someone to digest. They may have an understanding of the process in general, but they perhaps forgot one particular point. If you've got a 15-minute video, they have to either watch the whole thing or scroll through it so they find the part they want, and then just do that one part. And they're going to waste time doing that, because they may not remember where it falls in the order of things. And again, you know, if we're not clean in how we're recording our video and jumping all over the place, it can be very confusing for that person watching that video, you know, our delegate. So break it down as much as possible. And titling it, appropriately that way the delegate knows exactly what they want to look for so if it's you know raising a payment they want to know where to put in bank details they're just going to look for the video that says how to put in bank details watch that one minute video and then they know what to do minimal time invested maximum gain that's videos now videos can be put into powerpoint and this is where things get interesting depending on how you want to do it. And this is what we call blended learning. Now I'm using PowerPoint and video screen capture as a base example, but you can have other things put into blended learning such as e-learning. You can have a delegate present their screen and talk them through it and talk the rest of the delegates through what they're doing, and that goes into what's called differential learning, um, and those are the two big things that you know most companies want to see. Especially when you're looking for a new job, they always you know highlight be able to deliver blended learning, not so much differential learning. In fact, that's actually a very good thing to be able to demonstrate um, when job hunting that you understand what differential learning is and how it applies. But the blended learning is always the uh, the big part. Now, how to do blended learning? Well, let's go through our PowerPoint. And, you know, it's just a whole slide. You put an activity in, and it's a technical activity. So we're going to um, demonstrate how to raise a complaint or input bank details. Or we're going to put it to the audience, our delegates, and say, OK, what information do you think you have to capture? So first turn it into a bit of a game. So what information do you think you have to capture when raising a complaint for a customer? Let them have, you know, five minutes just to shout out their ideas or write down their ideas. Then say to them, okay, I want you to watch this video on how to log a complaint. And in that video, you should have the information that you need to capture. You're then going to say to them, okay, now practice. Hopefully, they've got a training system to use. If not, might be a little bit difficult. Or maybe it's not, depending on how your, your live system is set up. But have them practice. And you can have them refer back to the video if they're unsure, which is where that clean, crisp clicking comes into place and clean explanations. Then once they're done, differential learning can take over. You ask for a volunteer first, if not, choose someone. And remember you offer, pause, nominate, okay? So if it's me, John, Sally, and uh, Lucius, all in the classroom, I can say, okay, um, can someone show me how to log a complaint? Pause, Sally, show me how to do a complaint. And that way everyone stays switched on because they're gonna be expecting to be chosen even if they don't want to volunteer. Now remember to do it in a nice fashion, don't just start picking on someone and vary it as much as you can so that no one feels that they're getting um, asked the questions all the time. So differential learning then takes over. Sally demonstrates and explains how to log a complaint and everyone nods and agrees or raises questions. And then we try and answer them. And that's a good good part of differential learning. Now, I mentioned it slightly earlier, uh, that another way to deliver material is e-learning. Now, e-learning or electronic learning, also online learning, very similar things, but somewhat different, is a very unique perspective. It has to be engaging. It has to be fun and at most interactive because the person is sitting at their desk watching something that is more than a minute long and they have to get information out of it. Now, a good sort of process to follow with e learning is an overview of what they're going to learn, a small activity. To see what knowledge they understand, um, sort of a knowledge check. It shouldn't be marked or graded in any way. You know, you can say, Yep, yeah, well done, that's correct if they get the right answer. If they get it wrong, you don't penalize them in any way. You can correct them and say, Actually, it should be this, but don't worry, we're going to explain. And that's where story branching kind of comes into it as well. So if they get it right, you can lead them down one end of a story. If they get it wrong, you can lead them down another end of a story where we're going to teach them a bit more. So small activity then followed by an explanation, you know, preferably something that's very relative to their working environment. Now, a couple of programs, for example, are um, Storyline. Uh, that's a, a good e-learning authorization tool. And there is uh, Adobe as well. Storyline kind of holds the market um, in that they are essentially PowerPoint on steroids because they can do so many more interactions in a different fashion to Adobe. um, I'm a bit biased towards Storyline, I will say, uh, mostly from experience but they also have the ability to insert um, other things from GoAnime. I think GoAnime have actually rebranded now, um, but you can insert that sort of style. Or you could just do the whole thing in GoAnime, depending on what you're trying to deliver. Keep in mind how long it's going to take to do this material. A PowerPoint for every hour of delivery, that you are going to do by PowerPoint should take a day to construct or put together. E-learning, on the other hand, for every hour you are going to deliver, it will take about one week, provided you don't have any templates to draw inspiration from. If you are doing it all from scratch and you're trying to make it not basic, but as interactive as possible about a week just to deliver an hour's worth of training. Now, if you understand JavaScript, uh, Storyline can uh, take care of a lot of issues because of that, that you can actually import JavaScript directly to it. Um, but that's that's rough, That's my rule of thumb, you know? Um, one hour for PowerPoint is one day for creation Uh, our e-learning is one week. Uh, A video for every one minute you are recording, 10 minutes of preparation. Okay, that's 10 minutes in total. So you're going to have to go through a couple um, run-throughs. You're going to make sure you want to get your verbals down and you've got to make sure that the clicks are nice and crisp. So this is all about um, the different materials and how to, how to get it across. Um, once you've kind of delivered that core material, we then move on to coaching. Now, coaching is an entirely different beast. Think of the material that you're delivering as the core belief, okay? It's the, the structure of what you're trying to teach people can understand it people can demonstrate it and they can go forward with it the coaching aspect is how they're going to get better at it or how they're going to get better within their role using what you have taught okay so it's not necessarily you know one thing is this is how, this is it this is how you do it it can be i see you're struggling with something well here's a bit of material let's uh, go through this Blended learning, hold slide on a PowerPoint, watch the video, demonstrate, great. How are you going to use this information and how are we going to check? And that is one thing that you will need to include in all your training material, by the way, is a knowledge check. E-learning is a lot easier for a knowledge check um, because you can do a um, demonstration. So the delegate will watch video, through e-learning, they will watch the steps on how it's done with explanations. And then they will get to try it themselves within the safety of the e learning um, using various uh, hotspots and storyline, and even Adobe. So when they click the hotspot, they um, will be given a point, you know, correct thing, you can do it without giving feedback, so that the um, program progresses. And at the end, you can get a score. Or if you wanted to, keep it even more simpler, a quiz. Uh, You can do text-free type quiz. That's a lot harder. Um, You do have to think a lot more around that, especially variations of words um, or multiple choice. Knowledge checks are very important. It lets you know that what you've taught has sunk in and that the delegate has understood it um PowerPoint and videos are a bit different if they're just going to watch it Um, however if you're going to take that um blended style and then put it into the differential style so they watch the video they then recreate it okay now demonstrate it but they're demonstrating it to someone else that's differential and when doing sort of things like that maybe think about um a, a triangle so you've got one person who is um, delivering it, one person who is receiving the information, and one person who is assessing how that information is delivered. Um, So your delegates, if you've got two delegates, one delegate is delivering on how to do something, one delegate is receiving information on how to do something, and you as the trainer are assessing on how that is delivered, Uh, and that helps with the the understanding. So uh, that's material and uh, a little bit around uh, delivery. One final thing I want to say when around delivery is be open to feedback. Not just after the training is finished, but there and then. It is your responsibility as a trainer to be able to get information across to someone in multiple ways. If you are explaining something, and the delegate doesn't understand it, explaining the same thing in the exact same way doesn't help because they don't understand it. And if you do that two or three times, they're just gonna say, yes, they understand it to move forward because they're gonna feel embarrassed at this point, especially if it's a group setting, but they're not really gonna understand. So you have to be able to explain something in multiple ways. And another thing to consider in that delivery is language barrier. We are in a multicultural world. English is not everyone's first language and or even you know whatever nationality you're delivering it in may not be that delegate's first language. So complicated sentence structures and words may not always sit well and if they don't understand it, you have to simplify it in another way that's understandable to them. And if you really want to check it, have them explain it back to you, okay? All said and done, remember to have your session plan and how it's going to be delivered. So that way, if the, you know, the unfortunate event that you are um, not able to deliver the training um, that you've Put your heart and soul into creating. Someone else can deliver that on your behalf. Or if you know you're you're off for the day, someone can pick up the slack, and not too much time is lost. And that ties in with our training program, so that way we've got a clear outline of what's going to be learned through what time period. Thank you very much for for tuning in. Uh, I do appreciate uh, everyone listening, and hopefully you've taken something away from this. If you uh, do have any feedback for me, please do feel free to um, leave it on the uh, podcast in your choice. Uh, I, I will take all feedback on board and, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks very much. This is Learning Development 101 and I will catch you all in the next episode. Bye.